Okay, today's daf is Kiddushin Tetvav, Kiddushin 15, and we uh, pick up in the bottom of Kiddushin Yudal Amud Bet. Um, we will pick up from where it says, My love, Baha Kamiflagi. The line Baha Kamiflagi is about 15 lines from the bottom, going doubling back a little bit. And we're on the Mishnah. We've now moved on from the Kenyan of woman and a Yivama, which has to do with, you know, marriage, although it's in the context of Kinyanim, something we've been discussing. And now we're continuing to talk about other Kinyanim of others. Um, eventually we'll get to Kinyanim of inanimate objects. We're still talking about Kinyanim as they relate to people. Um, and we are um, um, not yet getting the, the ownership of a non-Jewish slave, of a Nevet Knani, where you really is considered like property, although the human status does remain. Um, but um, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but we're now talking about owning, taking possession of and divesting oneself of an Evid Ivri or an Amma Ivriya about a Hebrew slave, where one owns the person not fully as a as property, but owns them for their labor. And the Mishnah said that the way a Evid Ivri is acquired is through Kesef. And the uh, Gemara said that we can learn, we, you know, we can sort of see that that applies in the case of somebody who sells himself to a non-Jew, or we can see it applies to a case of Bastin because of, um, you know, the case also a daughter who is sold by the father, and that's in the context also of somebody who is sold by Bastin because he stole, he burgled, and he sold. But how do we know that that applies to somebody that sells himself? Um, and just for clarification, this will be relevant for today's staff. The Torah discusses, you know, uh, avadim and sale of Jewish slaves really in... Um, Three places in the beginning of Mishpatim, that's the Amaivriya, the woman who sells herself, and the Vinim Karbignevato, you know, the man who sort of is sold in, uh, the woman, excuse me, not sold herself, the woman whose father sells her, the underage girl, I should say. Somebody who's sold because he is a bur- he he burgled, um, and that is then continued in Devarim, where it talks about going free in six years and you know, ladening the slave down with all of these gifts, etc. And then in um, the end of uh, Vayikra in Bahar, um, it talks about in the whole context of Shemitah and so on. It talks about somebody who might sell himself to a non-Jew or to his fellow Jew. So those are the two categories. In the case of Machru based is Mishpatim and, you know, Dvarim, and the case of Mocher Atzmo is uh, in Vayikra in Bahar. Fine. So the Gemara said, how did we know that just because it applies by Mahruhu Bastin when a person is sold with Kesef, how do we know uh, that it could apply to somebody who is selling um, himself? Um, and the answer was, it says Sahir Sahir. In both cases, it says that this person is like a hired hand, and we make a shove and we apply one to the other. And then the Gemara says, oh, well, that assumes that you make that link, Sahir Sahir. There are those who don't make that link, so then how would you learn it out? And then and he quotes another pasuk, to, uh, another pasuk based on learning it out from the case of the non-Jew. Fine, that's the background. That's what we did yesterday. But the focus now is this question: Do we link Mocher Atzmo to a case of Machruhu Beistin? Do we have this Sahir Sahir? And the Gemara wants to now has framed it as that's a debate of this. If you make this Kzeira Shava Sahir Sahir, and now we're going to say what is you know where do we see that that is debated? And the Gemara quoted at the end of yesterday a Brayta 
which had the Tanakama pointed out all the differences that you find in the Psukim between Machruhu Beistin and Mocha Atzmo. And those differences are, number, are um, the idea of going free after six years, that it's limited to six years. All of, that's by Mocha Beistin. It doesn't say it by Mocha Atzmo. Um, it says the idea that the slave can say, Ahafti Asadoni, and you can sort of puncture the ear. Okay, that it only says by the case of Machruhu Beistin. Um, it says the idea that, um, um, that uh, this idea of uh, ladening him down with gifts, and finally that uh, the master can um, make him um, that he has children with this non-Jewish uh, slave woman. You know that's the case of Sht Haftias Adoni Sht Vespanai. Okay, so all of those are only by the case of Machruhu Bastin. So the Tanakhama said that's it. That what's in the Torah. None of that applies to Mocher Atzmo. Rabbi Eliezer said no, it does apply to Mocher Atzmo. And the Gemara says, how does he know it? It must be, this is the debate, that Rabbi Eliezer has the Sahir Sahir, he equates the two categories, and the Tanakama does not, and holds them distinct. So the Gemara is now going to say, not necessarily. Maybe, at a fundamental level, they agree of a Sahir Sahir Gzeir Shava, but the reason the Tanakama doesn't apply all these cases by basis of this bridge of this Tanakama has to do with an exception that you find in the Psukim for every single one of these cases. That tells you, not except I would say a limiting word, that tells you that it only applies to the case it's in, Machruhu Beistin, and not Mocher Atzmo. So let's take a look. Look, my lab Should we not say that this is the debate? The Tanakama, lo yalif sachir sachir, Tanakama has this big distinction of all these halachas between Mocher Atzmo and Machruhu Beistin does not make the Gzei Shava. Rabbi Eliezer, yalif sachir sachir, Rabbi Eliezer equates them all, and he uses that connection to, you know, transfer over, or, you know, or to copy over all of these uh, halachot. So, everybody can fundamentally hold, there is a gzera shava. Maybe we'll learn other things from it. Okay, maybe we learn the idea that you're sold by kesef, which is where we started. Okay, here's the debate. My, my time at the Tanakhama, now we're going to go through every single one of these and show that even though there would be a basis to apply it to um, Moche Atzmo, um, the Pasuk is going to limit it to the case of Machru, I, I say it only applies to the case it's in, it only applies to Machru who based it. Okay, Bahacha Bahai Kra Kamiflagi. My time at the Tanakhama, Damar Moche Atzmo Nimka Lishesh Vieser Al Shesh. So, why would I not apply the six year limit to Moche Atzmo? How do I know that the six years is only something about Machru? Who based in? Um, so how do I know that? Because um, uh, it says by Machru based in the Avdecha Sheishanim, he should serve you for six years. It only applies to this. Cha you is like a limiting word, so it only applies to this case, not to another case. Now that's a little funny because Cha is limiting it to you. He's working for you. It's not saying only this case. You know, only him. You know, the case. Of of when he's sold, when he's sold by Bastin, but somehow the Cha is limiting and says, therefore, it doesn't apply to Mocher Atzmo. Okay, the Edoch. Now, what would Rebbe Lezer say? I'm sorry. No, he has a much more normal read of this. The Avdecha means you and not to the uh, heir. Now, actually, the halacha is that a slave does serve the son, but that's considered a continuation of the father. But the slave would, but it would not be transferred to a brother or a father or a different type of an heir. 
So that's a much more reasonable read of the word avdcha, okay? And it's not coming to limit it to, apply, to, to say it doesn't apply to mocher atzmo. It says avdcha more than once, you know, because he worked for you double, you know, and that's why you have to laden him down with gifts. That's not coming to tell you a halacha. That's the Torah telling the master you should feel good and not begrudge him giving him all these gifts. Think about how much he worked you. So that's why it says you. Okay, but it is not to somehow be a limiting word. All right, so that's one explanation. Okay, that really we do have a link, but it doesn't apply here because of um, because the avdecha tells you it only applies to the case of a basted. Now, now, why would we then say this case about the, the puncturing of the hole? Why would we limit that? Okay, based in of the hole in the ear. Here, that's a better one. Okay, his ear should be punctured, you know, with the all. Um, it only applies to this case, the case when Basin sold him because he was, he, was a, he was a burglar and not by the case of Mocher Atzmo. So maybe we normally would apply, but Azno tells us limited to the case of Machru Basin. Top of Tezvav Amadalev. The Ida, Chahilik Zeru Shavu Asa. that's coming to tell you, link this ear to another ear. How you do, know you do the piercing of the ear in the right ear? Nemerkan Ozen, it says here, and it says over there, by a mitzora ear. And, and there it's explicitly, it says you do the ritual, the blood on the right ear. So that's why you say ozen. Now the obvious point to hear is, no, that we weren't running from the word ozen, we were running from the word ozno, his ear, ear that vav was the limiting, was the limiting uh, sort of, you know, phrase. So v'idach inkein limakra ozen, just say the word ozen. My ozno, why does it say his ear, to tell you it doesn't apply to mocha atzmo. V'idach humi bayele ozno velo ozna. No, his ear and not her ear, to tell you that it only applies to the case of a man sold by Basin and not a woman sold by her father. If the Evid says, Evid is masculine, Evid v'lo ama, so I already know that it doesn't apply to the female uh, Hebrew slave, and the Azno tells me it doesn't apply to Mocher Atzmo. Ah, no, it says Evid, not to exclude Amma, it says Evid, that he has to say, I want to stay and I want you to pierce my ear and so on before his six years are up, while he's still a slave. If he says after six years up, too late. And the other one says, no, I will sort of say that Eved tells me while he's still a slave. Ha Eved, the slave, means only the male slave and not the female slave. So I already know only male, only while he's still a slave. And as no tells me, it only applies to case of Basin. When Basin sold him, not when he sold himself. And the other one doesn't think that that hey means anything. It's just a normal way of talking. So the Vav is coming to, um, um, therefore the Vav is coming to exclude the um, case of, what do you call it, of the, um, uh, 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 of the female, Ozno Velo Ozno, and, um, and therefore he says it does apply to Machru Basin. Okay, so right now we're saying in principle I'd be prepared to apply things from Mocha Basin, I mean it does apply to Mocha Atzmo, I'd be pre- prepared to apply things from Mocha Basin to Mocha Atzmo, but 
I make a sachir sachir gzeroshala, but there's a limiting word, right? So the six years is limited. The cha limits it to mocher basin. As no limits the piercing of the ear to mocher basin. Okay, we have two more to go. Okay, Vida Okay. My time is on the comma the Amar Mohatmo Ain Manitimlo. Now, why uh, so what would be the reason to limit this idea of ladening the person with a gifts, you know, which appears in the Torah by Mohar Bastin? What would the, be the word the limiting word that would make me limit it to that? So Miet Rahmanaka by Mahua Bastin, because it says in the case by by when Bastin sold him, Hanek Tanik Lo, you should load him down. Lo, the lowly mocher atmo, this guy, the guy that Bastin sold, and not the guy that sold himself. Okay, one might ask, you know, Bastin sold him, he's a ganef, you know, that's like, uh, why does he get these gifts, and the guy who sells himself doesn't get these gifts? Okay, that's an interesting question, to take a step back and to look at all of these differences and try to conceptualize why this collection, if you have these differences like Tanakama, makes sense in one case and not in the other. The idach, ahumi bayele, lo, the lowly yershav, the other one says, no, Lo is not coming to exclude Mocher Atzmo. It's coming to say that if he dies, you don't have to give the gifts to the heirs. Okay, you only give it to him himself. Okay, the Gemara says, the Gemara doesn't like this. Yoshav, am I Lo? Why not? The Gemara says, you know, that he was a, uh, it was like he was a worker. These are effectively his wages. Um, now, of course, you could say his wages were that you, the money you gave him at the beginning, you know, or if it was a case of Mocher Atzmo, a Machru based in, you know, because he's being sold to pay off his debts for, 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 for burglary, um, and you housed him and all of that. But the Torah is saying, no, you know, he worked for you, and you have to consider this as a type of wages. So since this has been considered a type of wages, if you owe somebody their wages and the person dies, you would pay their heir. Okay? So, the same way uh, by, uh, by, by a hired hand it would go to their heirs. Here too it would. The Gemara is not willing to, to say that it would not go. Now, interestingly, the Gra erases this entire text. I don't know how he does that. Rashi has it, Tosus has it, and so on. But he pro- feels like no, this is not his wages. His wages were, you know, the Gemara says it's, he was like a hired hand, etc. But at the end of the day, the giving him all of these gifts is a special, you know, extra th- is thing that the Torah is awarding him. It is not wages that he has earned that he is entitled to, and therefore it would not go to his heirs. But, you know, that's why I think the Gemara races this Gersa, and there's a very, you know, good logic for that. But our Gemara is insisting, like the Torah says, you know, he worked for you like a hired hand, and you should lay him down and he worked for you, you know, you know, you know, and so on. So these are treated as his wages and they would go to the heirs. Okay? Ella, so okay, so if that's true, I can't make the drusha that way, but I don't want to exclude Mocher Atzmo. What am I going to do with the word low? Ella low, the low the balchovo that if this person not surprisingly owes money to other people as well, then it's up to him to decide how to handle his creditors. But the, that creditor cannot come to you and say, just give me all of those gifts you were going to give him because he owes me that money. Just give it straight to me. Now, why might I think he could say that anyway? So the Gemara says, Because normally we hold like Rebbe Nassim. The time we turn to the Brisa, I'm Rebbe Nassim. How do you know if, you know, 
uh, 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 Ruvain owes Shimon a hundred dollars, and Shimon owes Levi a hundred dollars. That Levi can go straight to Ruvain and say, "Give me the hundred dollars." You know that hundred dollars you were going to give Shimon. He owes it to me. Give it to me. And how do you know, you know, that that Levi is entitled to do that? That's a big chiddush. You know, you would think each person has to deal with their individual debtor and creditor. So Rav Nelson says you're allowed to do that. How do you know that? You should give it to the person to whom you are liable. So ultimately, or to, to whom this debt goes. So since it eventually is going to get to Shimon, then Shimon can come and demand it. That's a very big chiddush, by the way. And Tosos has a whole discussion about whether we actually paskin that way. It's also, he wants to tie it into the discussion of how do we paskin by this debate of the Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer, and do we fundamentally hold that there are all these differences between Mokhar Atma and Machru Hubeistin. Anyway, the Gemara is saying like this. Nor Normally, I would hold that, um, that, you know, that if this slave owes money to, to Shimon, Shimon can come to the master and say, give me all those gifts you were going to give the slave, he owes me that money anyway. And Lowe tells you, no, this is an exception. Here, we want to make sure he is given these gifts, meaning even if he has to turn around and give it, there's a power in being given and receiving these gifts, and Shimon cannot make that immediate demand, demand from the master. Okay? Um, okay. Also, Lowe, Lafuke, so Lowe is coming here to tell you that won't work here. The Edach, the other one that says Lowe is coming to say it doesn't apply to a case of a Mocher um, Atzmo. How does he learn this idea that Shimon can't come and demand it? So Edach, he doesn't hold the Rebbe Nassan. You don't need to exclude that. He doesn't believe in that whole principle altogether. Okay. So now what we've had is three things so far. The idea of six years, the idea of puncturing the ear, and the thing about ladening down with gifts. All of those are in the Torah by, by Machruhu Bastin, and the Tanakhama says we do not apply it to Mocha Atzmo, and either because we don't hold of a general Sahir Sahir, or because there's a limiting word or letter in each one of those cases. Last one of the four. Okay. My time at the Tanakhama, What's the reason to limit the case of being with this maid, of, of, that the master can make him you know, sleep with this with, with uh, non-Jewish uh, maidservant to have little slave babies, right? That's the case. How do you know that that is limited, it, you know, not to extend it to the case of Mocher Atzmo? Um, because it says by Machru Basin, Im Adonav Yitain Lo Isha. If the master gives him, again, that lo is a limiting word, lo lo mocher atzmo, limiting it to the case of, mo, of, of that and not mocher atzmo. The idach, lo ba'al kocha. No, give it to him means he doesn't want it. He, he doesn't, you know, as opposed to, again, not every case is that way. And the master says, I don't care if you like her or not. You have to take her effectively as a wife. Halachically, there's no kiddushin. And sleep with her, and I want babies. It's pretty horrific when you think about that, sort of forcing and compelling that type of a situation, not just making it a possibility. Okay? And Lowe is telling you that you can force it. But not that, I mean, not, but you know, but not that you would apply it to a case of machru based. Uh, of, uh, but not, excuse me, to limit it. And yes, it would also apply to a case of Mocher Atzmo. The other one learns that you can sort of tell him he's obligated to do it. You know, one wonders exactly how far you would go to force it, but one could tell him, make it, tell him he's obligated to do it, even if he's not happy about it, because of another pasuk. A, a, a double late wages of a hired hand, he worked you. What does it mean, a double wages? So, 
So, so the bright explains, because a normal hired hand only works in the day. You did a double wage, it was even at night. Now, what does it mean at night? Does it really mean you can make this guy work 24 hours out in the fields or whatever? It says, It says, that he's, it's good with him with you. You have to treat him like, you know, equal to you. And, uh, you, know, and dre- you know, in terms of your provisions and the housing. And, uh, you, you know, you treat him like, a, like an equal, as it were. Could be so, um, you know, question about exactly how far that goes. But nevertheless, you know, not somebody that you could work 24 hours. Okay, so therefore, so therefore, what does it mean that he double work? And which Chazal explained to me, he worked even at night. So what it means is he worked for you in the sense that he was sleep, slept with this maidservant, not maidservant, excuse me, she says a non-Jewish slave, an actual slave, in order to produce for him babies. Okay, now you might say that that's, that's also not like tov lo imach, right? You don't force people, you know, to go ahead and to, uh, you know, and to be married, what, you know, force them to have sex with people they don't want to and so on. But all right, it's, you know, the Gemara sort of feels that that's uh, still of a different, somehow not the same. <laughs> okay, it's not like somebody's working 24 hours. Okay, they're, they're having a marriage, marital life. You know, in the past, people would often get married off to people they don't want to be married to also. So, all right, the Gemara does not treat this in the same way. Anyway, the point is that, that that's telling you, that he's treated as a work person for you, even at night, that he can do it even if he's not interested in it, even if it's Baal Karcho. So therefore, the low is coming to tell you, don't apply it to the case of Moher Atzmo. Okay? And the other would say back, no, that Pasuk says, yes, he does it at night and he works for you, but I would have still limited it to a case of um, when he is agree, like, you know, is willing. Um, but there's nothing in there to have told me that it was, you know, that you could force him to do it. Kamash Milan, and the low tells you that you can even force him. Okay, and t- so Tosa says... So then why did I need the Pasuk of Mishneh Sachar Sachir? What's it teaching? And he's again telling, like the Gemara said before about Hartzos Adon, that's not telling you a halacha, it's just telling the master, don't begrudge him giving him all these gifts, you should realize he did double work for you. But it's not telling you any new halacha. So, uh, so therefore, according to one, it is telling you a halacha that you can do it even if he's not happy about it. And the low is telling you it doesn't apply to Mocher Atzmo. And Rebbe Lezer says, no, low is telling you it, it, that you, he does it even against his will. Um, and we do apply it to Mocher Atzmo. So fine, we have all these differences. Look at the Psukim, you'll see all these differences. And according to the Tanakhama, they're limited to case of Bastin. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, we apply them all to Mocher Atzmo, either because they, uh, uh, they debate the Sachar Sachir, or the Gemara is saying, now everybody may hold Sachar Sachir, but there's a limiting word by each one of these. Okay, so now the Gemara says, if that's what you're going to say, that it's because of a limiting word, and we earlier claimed that there was a debate about this basic equation of Evidi, of Mocher Atzmo and Mahru Basin, this question of Sachar Sachir. So, who is that debate if it's not the debate we just presented? So, the Gemara says, um, Where are we? Um, uh, uh, Okay. Um, so then, who is the one that doesn't hold fundamentally of the sachar? Oh, excuse me, sachir sachir. The sachir sachir gzeres shava. Sachar sachir is a different pasuk. Um, this is gzeres shava. Hi, Tanahu, The following Tanah. Did Tanya we turn to Brisa? 
He should return to his family. Okay, so this is in the Torah in Vayikra by Machru by Mocher Atzmo, and that he goes free in the Yovel. All right, and now the question is going to be the opposite direction. How do we know that it applies to case of Moch, uh, 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 of of Machru who based in? I'm a rebel as a What are we talking about? We're talking about a guy who sold himself. You know, that's what the whole Parsha is talking about. So it doesn't have to say again, it already says that he goes back. If we're talking about the guy that had the ear pierced, um, that's already said. Now, we don't know where it's already said. We're going to see that they learned it out in a different Pasuk. So it's talking about a case of based insulting him, and it's not yet a nirtsa. It was only the first two or three years. That the yovo makes him go free. Fine. So based on this extra postak of a we apply it to a case of machru based in that the yovo frees him. So the Gemara says, The fact that, yes, I agree, it applies to Machru, to, 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 to Machru Beistin. But if you have a Gzeir Shava Sachir Sachir, then you fundamentally equate the two categories. That's how you should have learned it out. Why did we have to learn it out from this extra Pasuk Vishava Mishpachto? That shows that fundamentally we do not hold of the Gzeir Shava. Fundamentally we do not equate the two categories. So at least according to this Tana. Again, the Gemara is going to say, no, I can say fundamentally our general orientation is we equate the categories. Okay, so why did I need this extra pasuk to tell me about this idea of Yovel? I need it. Maybe as a default, I would have equated the two with a sachir sachir gzeva shava, but not in an absolute way. And when it comes to this idea that by you go free by the Yovel, I could have said, you know what, maybe that's only by the case of somebody who sold himself. But somebody who was sold by Basin because of an Avera, because he was a Ganif, maybe that person should not be entitled to this freedom that the Yovel affords. That's a special, you know, dispense, like, a, you know, it breaks the normal six years. Maybe you don't get that if you got into this situation because you were a Ganif. All right, so even if I have a Sachir Sachir, I wouldn't always apply it if there would be a reason to say that it shouldn't. And that's why I needed the extra pasuk v'shavu mishpachto. Okay? So therefore, kamash malan v'shavu mishpachto, that you do apply it. Okay. So again, we can't prove from there that, you, that there's somebody who does not hold of sachir sachir. Amir mar. Let's go back to what we said before. Ibnir tzarek far emor, mahi. So the statement said that it, this pasuk of the Shavu Mishpachto can't be talking about a nirtza. We know that from a different pasuk, that the Yovel frees the nirtza. How do we know it? Remember, so there's the three cases, right? Machru Beistin, Mocher Atmo, and the nirtza. The nirtza certainly can come from Machru Beistin. Whether it can come from Mocher Atmo was debated before. Okay, but the case in the Torah by Yovel is only talking about Mocher Atmo. No mention of nirtza, no mention of Machru Beistin. So we already included Machru Beistin from the Pasuk of Shavu Mishpachto, because we said nirtza we knew from a different Pasuk. Where is this other Pasuk? Okay. So, Gemar says, Amamar, even Yerza rake for Emmer. Mahi, where did Yerza include it in a different pasuk? Time to turn to the Brisa. For Shaftem, Ishalachuzatov, Ishomishpachto, Tashuvu. You should return each man to his inheritance. Very similar pasuk for Shavomishpachto, but this is Vishavtem. But Mel Kosamidabir, what's the case? Ibimokar Atzmo, if it's selling himself a rake for Emmer. That's the whole Parsha is that. Ibimachu, based in, if it's based in Sodom, a rake for Emmer. That was the earlier pasuk for Shavomishpachto. 
So, it must be somebody that got the ear pierced two or three years before the Yovel, Lavdafka two or three. Shayovo Motzio, the Yovel makes him go free. Okay. Okay, so that's basically, we have one extra pasuk of a shavo mishpachto, one extra pasuk of a shavtem So one of them is coming to include machruhu bastin, and one of them is coming to include nirza. Okay, now, my mashma, now where did you get in this pasuk the idea of nirza? Vishavtem ishalechuzato. So I'm a rabbi barshila, I'm a krah, the pasuk says ish. Ezer ish, a man. What is the halacha that applies to a man and not a woman by avadim? It's the piercing of the ears. Okay, we already said that before, right? Lo v'lola, you know, eved and not ama and so on. So because it says ish, we know this is talking about nirza. The other pasuk is talking about machruhu basin. And the Pasuk had to tell me that both of those applies to this case. Of course, if Nirta only occurs in Machruhu Beistin, then, you know, once you say Nirta, you're including Machruhu Beistin. But, um, but let's assume Nirta could occur even by Mocher Atzmo. That was that earlier debate. The Yashmin in Machruhu Beistin, if it just said Machruhu Beistin goes free in the Yovel, Mishum Delomati Zmanei. Um, that's because, you know, the, he, that was a person that didn't like willingly, he wasn't, didn't have an opportunity to go free. His time hadn't been served and he said, I'm staying. So that person still wants their freedom. So they should go free. Aval Nirza, but the Nirza, the Matiz Mane, that the guy was able to go free and he chose to stay. Ema Niknese, maybe he should be fined and he doesn't go free, but Yovel. It had to say even the Nirza does. The Yashmin and Nirtza, if it just said Nirtza, Mishum the the opposite. If the Nirtza goes free, that's because he's already put in his time. He did the six years that he was obligated to do, and he's even done more. Of a Machru Beistin, if Beistin sold him, he hasn't even done the basic six years, you know, that he was sold for. Aim alone, maybe, you know, that wouldn't be fair to the owner or whatever for him to go free. Sricha, therefore, it has to tell you both. Okay, so that's that. Now, just to wrap this up, now the Gemara is dealing right with a part of the Pasuk, because when the Pasuk speaks about the Nirza, it says, forever. And then the Pasuk here, by Yovel, if it's understood to apply to the Nirza, which isn't explicit, says he goes free. So how do you work those two out? So the idea is he would be sold forever unless the Yovel would come, and, uh, you know, in the absence of a Yovel, but the Yovel will come and free him. Or the way that it then gets interpreted is Olamo shel Yovel. You know, within the world of a Yovel, what is considered forever in the context of a Yovel means until the next Yovel. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to say that it had to say both of those. The Olam and then the Olam being overridden by the Yovel. And it's pretty obvious why you needed both. Let's see what the Gemara says. Um, okay, if it just said he's a slave forever, so obviously it couldn't have ended there, then I would say the Yovel doesn't free him. Return to your return. If it just said return, but never said that after the piercing there's fundamentally an idea that you're a slave forever, so I wouldn't have known what is the duration of that slavery after the piercing. And I would have thought that, that, that the Yovel, you know, frees him. Okay, the Yovel frees him, maybe within six. But if he's worked for six years, the extended period now after the piercing shouldn't be worse than the initial period of six years. The same way originally it was six, here too would be six, kamash malana. Meaning that Vishavtim tells you the Yovel frees him. But you have to know, without the Yovel, how much longer is he going to work? And if it had not said, and it just said Nirza, you would have said, okay, he'll work another six years. So you need Olam to tell you, no, he works forever, 
you know, until the Yovel comes and frees him. Okay. Le'olam. Le'olam Oshel Yovel. All right. Now, we've shown a lot of ways in which either you need a Pasuk to connect it, or there are actual differences, but the Gemara's claim is none of that proves that we don't fundamentally make the, make the link of Sachir Sachir. Ella, last line on Tesvav Amadalaf. Therefore, Mantana, the low Yali Sachir Sachir. Can you finally find me somebody who clearly doesn't make this link of Sachir Sachir? So who is that Tana? Rebbe. It's Rebbe. The Tanya we taught in the Brisa, top of Tedvav Amud Bet. The Loyi Gael Be'ela. Okay, this is talking about somebody who sold himself to a non-Jew. This is Mokher Atzmo. And it says that the relatives, you know, have an obligation to come and try to, and, and, and buy his freedom. But if it says, but he is not, you know, freed with these, then he works until the Yovel. Okay, Rebbe Omer Be'ela Hunigav, Einigav B'Sheish. That Be'ela is through relatives he can be redeemed, but a guy who sold himself to a, um, to what do you call it, to a non-Jew does not, his service does not terminate at the end of six, which is a little bit surprising, right? Because selling himself to a Jew would terminate at the end of six. You would think that a non-Jew would not have more rights over him, but no, that's how Rebbe is reading the Pasuk. Sheyachal, velo dinu, you can make a kavachomer. When you sell yourself to a Jew, there's no obligation on the relatives to come and redeem you. Okay? You know, the reason that there is that obligation is because you don't want somebody to be stuck, you know, under the control of a non-Jew. Okay? But if you're selling yourself to another Jew, there's no, you know, there, this whole idea of gulat krovim does not apply. And besides, I, I even think there's no mitzvah on them, but the flip also is that they can't force the master. They will say, I'm going to buy his freedom. The master's entitled to say no. The idea that we earn, learn yesterday that, you know, a person can means that you can, if you are giving the master the money, then the master cannot say no. You have a right to buy your freedom. Okay? So when it comes to the Krovim redeeming somebody's soul to a non-Jew, A, they have a mitzvah, and B, um, the, the, the master, assuming that they're listening to Jewish laws and we're in control, the master ha- cannot say no. Okay? That only apl- so So Rebbe says like this, it's a Somebody sold to a Jew, this idea that Krovim redeemed does not apply. They have no mitzvah and they can't force it. That doesn't apply to somebody sold by a Jew. And nevertheless, Nigal B'Sheish, his service ends after six years. The person sold to a non-Jew, that Krovim have a mitzvah to redeem and can force him to get freed. So I would have said, should certainly be, be go by six. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. We don't want him stuck in the hands of a non-Jew. Talmud And that's why it says, he's only not, you know, he, the opportunity for him to be freed is only ba'ela. The opportunity to be freed is only through krovim, not through sheish. Okay, that's what Rebbe learns in the case of the non-Jew. How is this relevant to us? Because of the following. The If you have a sachir sachir. Now, until now, sachir sachir has been the bridge between mocher atzmo and machruhu bastin. But it also says sachir by selling one to itself to a non-Jew. So if you are fundamentally somebody who does a drasha of sachir sachir, you should also be linking the cases of selling to a non-Jew and selling to a Jew. So I would have said, Amai kamar, Why does he assume that when you sell yourself to a Jew, that there's no idea of geulas krovim? Nelev sachir sachir, maybe learn the gzeir shav of sachir sachir. So, okay, so that's showing that he doesn't link 
selling oneself to a Jew, to, to a non-Jew and to a Jew. I mean, again, the psukim can say there are differences, like, okay, non-Jew only krovim and not change. But if there is a fundamental link, why not say that Jews can be, can be redeemed by krovim? Since he doesn't say that, clearly he doesn't have fundamentally the sachir sachir link, and we're going to assume that that would also mean he wouldn't have it between Mocher Atzmo and Machru Beistin. The Gemara, once again, is not going to be happy. Okay. Um, I'm a Rav Nachman, Yitzchak, Olam Yolif Sachir Sachir, Rabbi really could hold of Sachir Sachir, link Mocher Atzmo and Machru Beistin, link selling yourself to a Jew, selling yourself to a non Jew. The Shani Hachadam across, so why would I say? that the idea of, of Gulas Krovim doesn't apply to selling yourself to a Jew, because the Pesach says, Yigalenu acher. It says you should redeem him, this will sound like we said before, only this type of guy, this guy who sold himself to a non-Jew, has the halacha of redeeming of Krovim and not selling yourself to a Jew. So again, there might be these big zera shava sachir sachir, you know, that equate selling yourself by sell, being sold by basin to selling yourself, or selling yourself to a Jew to selling yourself to a non-Jew, and all these distinctions you you are, we're finding are because special psukim come to say, but here you're not going to equate them. Okay, fine. Now, um, now, now. Before, so we still have yet to prove that anybody doesn't hold of Sachir Sachir. But now that we're talking about Rebbe and Rebbe holding that there's this idea of Geulas, uh, that, that you cannot be free with six years when you're sold to a non-Jew, the Gemara wants to point out that is not fully agreed. There are those who disagree. Okay? Uman Tana Depaligalei Rebbe. Who is the Tana that disagrees with Rebbe and says that a somebody sold to a non-Jew does go free in six years? Not redeemed through this. Now, bottom line, I want to say, we're not going to hear Rabbi Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Akiva explicitly say that somebody who sells himself to a non-Jew goes free in six years. They're just going to use the word Be'ela for a different drusha than Rabbi. And since they're going to use it for a different drusha than Rabbi, and... And since you're going to use it for a different drusha than Rebbe, therefore the assumption is going to be that we will make the link and we will say that somebody will go free, that so, so if you sell yourself to a non-Jew, you do go free in six years, which does make a lot of sense. Okay, so what are they going to learn, use the word ba'ele for in Gulas Krovim? To tell you that the, when others redeem this person from the hands of a non-Jew, there's going to be a difference between being redeemed by Krovim completely third part, being redeemed by Krovim and being redeemed by completely third parties. Let's take a look. Okay? So, um, uh, Detanya, we turn to Brisa. Lo yiga el be'ele, um, Rabbi Yosef Lili Omer, be'ele l'shechur, when it is the relatives that redeem you, then you go free. Be'ashar kol adam l'shibut, somebody else can redeem you, force the non-Jew to, you know, to take your money, to take the money that he purchased you for, but the difference would be that in that case, you wouldn't go free. You would now have to work for this Jew who purchased you until it was six years or the Yovel or whatever. Okay? So um, there's still the Kiddush that the sale can be forced. All right? But you don't go free. All right? There's still a value to that, obviously. The idea get out of the hands of the non-Jew. 
Okay, that's what Rabbi Yosef Aglili says. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Be'ele l'shibud, Be'shar kol adam l'shichror. So he also holds of the difference, but bizarrely, uh, and we'll see a logic at the bottom of the daf, he flips it. He says, when, a, when the Krovim redeem you, then you have to work for the Krovim. But if somebody else redeems you, then you go free. Like one really, you know, like, you know, like with friends like these, somebody else redeems me, I'm going to go free. What's, the, what's their motive to redeem me? And my relative who has a mitzvah to redeem me, then I have to work for him? But that's what Rabbi Akiva says. Anyway, that's what they learn out Ba'ela, that the redemption of, Kro, of Krovim is different than the redemption of other people. They just have mirror image of one another. So now the Gemara is going to try to unpack this. My time is Rabbi Yosei What's the reasoning of Rabbi Agrisi? So that's simple. If you are not redeemed by these, these being the Krovim, and to be redeemed means to go free, but you're redeemed by somebody else, then, right, the simple passage says, if you're not redeemed by these, then you'll go free in the Yovel. If you're not redeemed by these, but other people redeem you, then you'll still work for them, but you'll go free in the Yovel. That's a very nice read of the Pasuk. Okay, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva reads it, Im lo yiga'el be'ele, ele be'ele, v'yatsa yovel. So, um, so what does Rabbi Akiva say? So Rabbi Akiva Omer, Im lo yiga'el ele be'ele, v'yatsa yovel. Very strange read. If you're not redeemed, you know, other than by this, these, meaning if you're not redeemed... If the only people who redeem you are your Krovim, then you'll work for them and you'll go free in the Yovel. But if somebody other than your Krovim redeem you, then you go free right away. Very strange read. Rabbi Yosei Aglili and Rabbi Yosei Aglili would respond back and he would say, Midi it doesn't say except by these. It says if you're not redeemed by these, you were in the except. You completely reversed the meaning of the pasuk. Okay. Ella Baha'i Krakamifli. Fine, fine. That's not what they debate. They debate a different pasuk. The pasuk that talks about redeeming, and this pasuk, you know, that comes before in lo yiga el be'ele. O dodo ven dodo yiga lenu, either the uncle or the uncle's son, the cousin will redeem you. So they're gulas krovim, that's referring to the redemption of relatives. O hisiga yado, or your own hand reaches, meaning you get the means yourself. That's you redeeming yourself. And you should be redeemed. So that just seems like it's the consequence, but we're reading it here as a third option. That's other people redeeming. That's how we get the idea that other people can redeem and they can force the master, the non-Jewish master, to sell you. Okay, so that's how you get all three categories. Um, and now we're going to see where this debate comes from. Now, obviously, when you redeem yourself, you go free. And that's in the middle of the two. So the question is, do we, which one do we link to redeeming yourself and going free? The one that came before or the one that came after? That you, fo- that you go, you, you, you interpret it backwards to the beginning. Okay? So it's, if it's krovim, yourself, others. So Krovim comes earlier, so they're connected to you redeeming yourself. You go earlier in the Pasuk, and when relatives do it, then you go free. The same way when you do it yourself, you go free. The same way when it is relatives. But when other people do it, you don't go free. No, no, no. You go forward, not backwards. So shadi gulas magulas atzmo. So it's the last thing in the pasuk. Other people redeeming you. That's connected to you redeeming yourself. Magulas atzmo l'shichur. The same way when you redeem yourself, you go free. Af gulas achem Same people and other people. So that's the debate. How they're debating, not based on the scope of ba'ela or ela ba'ela or whatever. So the Gemara says one minute. Ihachi ba'ela lamali. 
But if that's their debate, like you can only link one of the words and which one is it, then why doesn't they have to quote the word ba'ela as a limiting word, which clearly is what they're doing in the Braitha. So the Gemara says, no. No, 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 you need Be'ela. Be'ela tells you that it doesn't apply to all the categories. Without Be'ela, I would have said that both the earlier and the later thing are linked to your redeeming yourself. And whether it's relatives or other people, you always go free. Be'ela tells you it's only going to apply to some of those and not all. Okay? Okay. Um, so then the one says, and then we're back to where you started from. The pasuk that has all three categories, you know, could you would have said all three of them. But Ela tells you don't say only apply it to two, you know, or you know, don't apply, you know, don't apply it to all of them. How do you know which way to go? So Ella Bisvarakamifli. Ah. It's a, it's, a, it's a debate of svara. Even though it seems to be a read of a pasuk, it's really linked ultimately in svara. Now, Rabbi Yosei is obvious. The, the svara is obvious. It makes sense that when other people redeem you, you remain a slave. If you say that you'd go free, then they wouldn't redeem you. And, you know, only your relatives have a mitzvah. Other people don't have a mitzvah. So, you know, so if you, so saying you would go free, then that nothing is going to get accomplished that way. If you say that they can continue to, to enslave you, right, then at least they might be interested in doing that and forcing the non-Jew to sell you because for their self-interest, and maybe a little bit because they care about you, and then you would get out of the hands of the non-Jew. So that's his, uh, makes total sense. And the relatives who have a mitzvah, so they've got to do it, and then you're going to go free. Okay, Rabbi Akiva Sava, Rabbi Akiva holds, Mistav Regulas Krovim Lushiba. No, it makes sense that when the relatives do it, you remain enslaved. Why? Because if they're obligated to use their money to free you, to, to, to redeem you and you go free, then there's nothing stopping you. You're a poor guy. You have rich relatives. You're going to regularly sell yourself to a non-Jew and it's going to become their obligation to free you and you're going to have pocketed the sale money. Okay, so Rabbi Akiva is afraid of abusing the system. Um, you know, this happens sometimes, like they have, to, you know, like, like they're trying to deal with the problem of an infestation of rats or whatever, and they, you know, they give bounty heads for when you kill X number of rats and they think that it's going to help it, and it really hurts the problem because then people just raise the rats in order to get the bounty. A lot of examples of that. So Rabbi Akiva says this is just going to be, you know, ultimately it's going to actually, uh, become a real abuse. So therefore it has to be that they will continue to enslave you. So they'll get you out of the hands of a non-Jew, okay, but you are not going to be incentivized to continue to sell yourself, you're going to still have to be a slave. Now, other people, if they want to do it out of the goodness of their heart and you go free because of the hate, but obviously that's something that you can't rely upon. And, you know, according to Rabbi Akiva, very little reason why that would happen. Okay. Um... Okay, this is their debate, as we've seen, that, um, that one case is either others or your relatives, you remain a slave. But there's a third opinion of the sages that say whether others or your relatives, you always go free. And man chachamim, who is that chachamim? Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe. Demapik leilahai be'elo ledrash akrino. Ah, bringing us full circle. Rebbe, who says be'ela is coming to tell you that when you sell yourself to a non-Jew, you don't go free after six years. He doesn't use have be'ela as a limiting word in terms of this issue of relatives versus others. So according to him, whether relatives or others, you would always go free. Okay. And that pasuk that had all three categories, you know, it's all, they're all equated. Okay. 
almost done with this. What for Rebbe, this pasuk that you go free in the Yovel, right? What does he do with it? Now, you really don't mean like what does he do with it? Obviously, it's telling you that. You know, if you didn't redeem him, he goes free in the Yovel. Um, but let's see anyway what the Gemara does with this. So, um, this applies to a non Jew who's under our control. So, because he's under our control, we are going to be able to force him to free him after when the Yovel arrives. And nevertheless, what the Pasuk is telling us is that even though we, he's under our control and we can maybe therefore use our means at our disposal to make him go free sooner, no, we don't do that. We abide by the law and he only goes free at the Yovel. Maybe it applies when he's not under your control. If, if he wasn't under our control, how could we say you go free in the Yovel? He's not going to listen to our laws. It's applying that he is under our control. And nevertheless, it's telling us, if you can't redeem him, no other options. Sorry, you have to wait till the Yovel. We are not going to use our power unjustly in this case.